is a Marvel fan. A couple of claps now. Okay, I get it. Don't be, don't come and act like you're too holy to like Marvel stuff. Who likes Marvel movies? So I'll, I'll say this right now. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, who's who's uh, who's your favorite character? I'll tell you. I'm Iron Man, so nobody can say that you're. I, I'm Iron Man. Okay. Who's your favorite character? Go ahead. Shout it out. The Hulk. Thor. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. You know, one of my one of my favorite things about watching Marvel movies is that. At the very end, just like all movies, you'll see the credits. You'll see all the, the musical credits. You'll see the, the names of the actors. You'll see all the CGI credits. But there's one thing that if you stay until the very, very end, they're going to give you a glimpse of a new movie that's going to come out. They're going give to you, give you a little taste of the new character that's going to come out. In, in any other movie, you go to the movie theater, you finish watching the movie, the credits go up, and then the lights turn up, and everybody gets up and goes, right? But when you watch a Marvel movie, the lights come up and everything, people start coming up, and they're like, wait, 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 wait. There's more. You got to have a seat because there's more. Everybody say there's more. All right. So since we're talking about Marvel, I got to ask, are there any DC fans May God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> you know, they say that you, can, you, can, you can't be a Marvel fan and a DC fan at the same time. That's, uh, have you heard, I've heard that before. Um, it's like saying you're a Red Sox fan and a Yankee fan at the same time. It, it, that's, a no, that's a big no. That's a big no. Me, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, so I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I get so much heat for that because there's, there's lots of Giants fans over here. You can't be a Dallas Cowboy fan and a Giants fan at the same time. But it's okay. We all have a preference. Where we go, what we eat, what we buy is our preference. And the same thing applies to when we go to church. Every church has a style. Every church has a sound. Every church has a culture. Every worship leader has a particular anointing. Every pastor has a particular style of preaching. And most people will choose what church they go to according to those categories. If you identify with something, most likely you're going to return to it. To identify with means a system that is worthy of your attention. So we tend to prefer to go to a church that we can identify with or connect with or associate with. So let me tell you today, don't congregate at a church just because they have good music. I need for you to hear me today. Don't go to a church just because there's good music. Don't congregate at a church just because the pastor can preach. Don't choose a church because it looks like a concert every Sunday. No. There's more. Everybody say there's more. Say that again. There's more. There's more to church 
than a preaching that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. There's more to church than a a good concert-style performance. There's more to worship than just good music. Amen? You guys with me so far? All right. So I've been the worship pastor here at Calvary for four years, over four years. It's been, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) It's been four, sometimes it feels like long years, but then at the same time they just whiz by every year. Has been. We are in August. Isn't that crazy? It just hit me right now. We're in the middle of August. Time is flying. So in my four years being worship pastor at Calvary, there have been uh, quite a people that come up to me giving their suggestions. I get, I get lots of people to suggest certain things. They're like, you should sing more gospel music. <laughs> That's why we got the organ. And we, yes, we do sing gospel music. Some people say, you got to sing more hymns. Hymns. Some other people say, you got to sing ballads. I've gotten that quite a bit. You got to sing the ballads. Some people say, you got to sing more worship. You got to sing more worship as if worship is a genre. (laughs) There's so much more. Worship is so much more than a genre. So we're going to talk about that today. What is worship? The definition of worship is the expression of reverence and adoration. Again, it's the expression of reverence and adoration. It's our response to what the Lord has done in our lives. It's a reaction to an action. It's recognizing the one who is the source of life. You guys with me? It's recognizing the one who is the source of life. And why is worship so important to us? Now, this, is, this, is, this is really important. Why is worship so important to us as believers? It brings us to a state of gratitude and thanksgiving. It reminds us that he is in control. It reminds us that he is good. It reminds us that he still loves us in spite of our mess. He made a way out of no way. It helps us to stay strong in the midst of trials and tribulations. It helps us to stand firm when the enemy wants to mess with us. Is there anybody in this room that knows that Jesus is the source of our strength? Is there anybody here that's listening to me that agrees with me in saying that Jesus is the source of my strength? I need you guys to be agreeers. You got to agree with me on this. Worship can be a life-changing experience. You know, the modern-day church, the modern-day Christian, not not everyone, but there are lots of modern-day Christians and believers that have such a narrow understanding of what worship is. To many people, they think that worship 
is a genre. They think that worship is just coming to church, listening to praise and worship songs, clapping your hands, saying amen, and then listening to the word and then leaving. Let me tell you, there's more. Somebody say there's more. Look at two people and say there's more. Worship can be a life-changing experience. Worship. Being in the posture of worship can literally change your life. The problem is that too many people are looking for the next wow factor. Too many people are looking for the next wow factor, and we totally miss what God has for us. You will not find your life-changing experience just by singing a song that's trending. You're not going to find a life-changing experience during worship with singing a famous song, a well-known song. Let me tell you, there are great songs out there, and we were, man, I'll tell you, there are songs that you can get lost in it, and you could just sing it over and over and over. Jaira is one of those songs. I can sing that song all day, but let me tell you, worship is more than singing songs. You guys agree with me today? Somebody say, there's more. Oh, come on, say it louder. There's more. I bet you're wondering what the title of this message is. There's more. Worship is a spiritual tool. Worship is a spiritual tool. And just like all tools, there is a, there is a particular way to use it. There are things that we must do in worship if we want to experience the presence of God. How many times do people walk into the house of God, listen to great music, see this great production, hear these great musicians, but they leave exactly the same way that they came in? There are things that we must do to experience a powerful move of God. The Bible teaches us that there is a protocol. Listen to this. There is a protocol for worship to be effective in your life. There is a system for worship that we need to follow. In the Old Testament, the second book of Chronicles talks about a special event that took place. In the land of Israel. And this was the dedication of the temple that King Solomon built. Does anybody know about that story? If you don't know about it, go to Second Chronicles. We're going to read a little bit about it. Second Chronicles, bonkers. Okay, read up on it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it talks about the dedication of the temple that King Solomon built. And this wasn't just any temple. Solomon wanted to build something that was never before seen by man. It describes in detail how the temple was built, what materials he used, the dimensions, and even the furnishings that they used on the inside. So I'll let you know that, like, literally they go into detail. They'll tell you how many, what, they, what do they call it, cubits, which is like a, a, certain, a certain amount of feet or inches or whatever. They go into detail. So, I don't know if that really interests you, but read it anyway. <laughs> read it anyway because the attention to detail in building this temple is 
crazy. So they even talk about the different tables that they put in there. They talk about the light posts. They talk about the pillars. They talk about the doors. They talk about everything. Everything created for this temple was from the best gold, silver, brass, beautiful, beautiful stones, fine linens, and other precious materials. So let's read a little bit about it. It's really interesting. And, and the reason why I want, to, I want you to read it is because I want you to have a mental picture of what is happening in that time. Let's look up 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5. If you have your Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5. And we used to do this all the time in my dad's church. When you find it, shout amen. Now, you guys are quick. You guys, man. Well, because we got the digital thing. I get it. That's fine. You know, when they say open your Bibles, you don't say open your Bibles. You say turn on your Bibles. Anyway, 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5, it says, now this is King Solomon speaking. He says, the temple I am going to build will be great because our God is greater than other gods. Verse 6 says, but who is able to build a temple for him since the heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain him? Who then am I to build a temple for him except as a place to burn sacrifices before him? Send me, therefore, a man skilled to work on gold and silver, bronze and iron, and in purple, crimson, and blue yarn, and experienced in the art of engraving to work in Judah and Jerusalem with my skilled workers, whom my father David provided. Now let's skip to verse 17 and 18. It says, Solomon took a census of all foreign, foreigners residing in Israel. After the census his father David had taken, and they were found to be 153,600. Can you imagine 156,000 workers to build a temple? Isn't that crazy? It's verse 18, it says, He assigned 70,000 of them to be carriers and 80,000 to be stonecutters in the hills with 3,600 foremen over them to keep the people working. So this was a big deal. This was a big deal. Are you getting a mental picture? Soon after the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the temple. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. So we're going to skip a little bit further, look up 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 12. Bless you. It says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly. Excuse me, let's backtrack a little bit. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, I apologize, chapter 5, verse 6. Sorry about that, guys. Verse 6, it says, And King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle 
that they could not be recorded or counted. Sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that could not be counted. Try to picture that. Can you imagine being somewhere slaughtering a whole bunch of animals? Can you, you can imagine what you're going to see. You imagine what you're going to feel. All the guts, all the blood, all the, all the everything. That's pretty insane. It's not just one. It's not two. It's not ten. It says it's more than can be recorded or counted. So now let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 12. It says, then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Let's jump to verse 14. And it says, he said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. And then he keeps on going with his prayer. Let's skip to verse 41. And this is important. Verse 41, he's still praying. He says, now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place. You and the ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Now let's move up forward. Let's go to chapter 7, verse 1 through 6. Now this is really important. It says, when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, he is good, his love endures forever. Verse 4 says, then the king of all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. They went back. They went back and they offered even more sacrifices. So the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 head of cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their positions, as did the Levites, with the Lord's musical instruments, which King David had made for praising the Lord, and which were used when he gave thanks, saying, his, his love endures forever. Opposite the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets, and all the Israelites were standing. I hope you guys are seeing a pattern in everything that is happening there. I hope, you guys are, I hope you guys catch this. This is important. We know, we know that God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? God inhabits the praises of his people. We know that when praises go up, we say this all the time, when praises go up, blessings come down. 
But in order for his fire to come down, in order for his fire and his glory to fill our lives, there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be a sacrifice. Before the glory of God filled the temple, there was already a sacrifice. Did you guys catch that? Before the fire came down, there was already a sacrifice on the altar. That is the system that we need to follow. That is the protocol that we have to follow. I really hope you're catching this. Sacrifice. Acknowledgement of who he is. Welcoming him. The fire of God descends and his glory fills the temple. We say it all the time. I want to feel the presence of God. I want to see the glory of God in my life. I want this and I want that. I want this and I want What are you offering to the Lord? What are you sacrificing to the Lord? We want to see the fire of Jesus in this place. What are you giving God to consume what sacrifice are you giving God so that he can consume it? One more time, the protocol. If you're writing notes, that's great. Number one, sacrifice. Number two, acknowledgement of who he is. Number three, welcoming him. Number four, the fire of God descends. And number five, the glory of God fills the temple. So what does that look like for us today? I'm not asking you guys to go buy some animals and slaughter them. I'm not saying that. You guys can't handle the blood. You guys can't handle it. Some people are going to be like, oh, my shoes. I don't want to get my pants dirty. No, it's too, too icky, too gooey. Too. Thankfully, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice, so it's not going to look the same for us. This is what the sacrifice looks like. This is the key right here. Open up your Bibles to 1 Peter 2, chapter 2, and verse 5. And when you have it, say amen. You guys got it? So it says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. That's talking to you. You, 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 you. We are living stones being put together to create the temple of God. We are the temple of God. Amen? You hearing me? We are the temple. Everybody say, we are the temple of God. I need you to say it loud and say, we are the temple of God. And it goes on to say, what's more, you are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to read this next 
This next verse, it's in Romans 12, 1. It says, therefore, I urge you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. Listen to this. It says, this is your true and proper worship. There's a protocol that we need to follow. There must be a sacrifice. If you want to experience God in your life, you have to let go of something. You have to sacrifice something. There's more to worship than just coming to church and singing. In order to experience life-changing worship, there must be a sacrifice. To sacrifice, it means the act, the act of giving up something of value. The act of giving up something of value. Where there is a sacrifice, where there is a sacrifice, the glory of God follows. That's the protocol. Where there's a sacrifice, the glory of God follows. I hope you guys are taking this today. And I need for everybody to stand up in this place. Everybody stand up and we're going to have... We're going to have the prayer team to come up. What needs to be sacrificed in your life? What needs to be sacrificed in your life? What do you need to let go of? I need for you to take a moment and examine yourself. What do you need to let go of? What is hindering the blessings of God over you? What is it? Is it pride? Is it an addiction? Is it unforgiveness? Is it apathy? Is it hatred? Is it resentment? Is it sadness? Is it lack of self-forgiveness? What is it that you need to give up? And this is your moment. If you can acknowledge that there's something that you need to come, that you need to give up, if there is somebody in this room that will be brave enough to say, I need Jesus and I need to let go of some of this baggage. I, if you're saying that to yourself, I need you to take a step of faith and come up to the front. And we're going to fill up this altar. This is an altar where we sacrifice. This is an altar where we sacrifice those things that do not belong to us. If you are willing to let go of those things, take a step of faith and come to the altar. Don't wait for one person. I know we tend to wait for the one person to walk up. Oh, okay, then I'll go. No, no, no. This is your choice. If there's anybody here that needs to let go of something, if you are longing, if you are longing, desiring to feel the presence of God over your life, then come to the altar. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling you. 
Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. This is your chance to come on up, church. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus is here for you and he's here to free you. He's here to break chains. He is here to free you from all bondage in the name of Jesus. This is your time to come up to the altar. We have anointed men and women that are going to pray for you and that are going to declare healing and restoration and freedom over your life. This is the moment, church. If you feel like in your mind and in your heart, you're like, ah, man, I need to get rid of some of this stuff. Come on up. Take the step of faith. Take the step of faith in Jesus' name. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and train them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling, everybody sing it. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are This is your moment. Don't hold back. arms are open the wide. Father's arms are open. Forgiveness, forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Father, right now I pray for those people that are struggling even now saying, I don't know if I should go up. I don't know what people are going to say. Father, I pray that you embrace them right now. I pray for boldness in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that people will make the decision to sacrifice that that does not please you, the things that do not please you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's still time. There's still time. We have time, people. We have time. Come to the altar. Come to the altar and allow for the Lord to change your life. Allow for God to touch you. Allow for him to renew you, to change you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Oh. oh, come. Oh, come to the Precious love.
together. Bow down before Him, for He is Lord. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. For those that have come to make a choice to let go, I pray, Father God, for restoration and healing. I pray, Father God, that today is the start of a new, a new chapter. I pray that today people will not live the same way they were in the name of Jesus. Because we put those things on the altar and we sacrifice it. We give it to you, God. In the name of Jesus. Hey. Oh, sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Come on, let's sing. Bow down before Him, saying, and bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open Forgiveness Forgiveness Was bought with The precious blood Sing it one more time Oh, come to The altar The Father's arms are open Forgiveness Was bought From this day forward, your life, your life will not be the same. From this day forward, your life will not be the same. From this day forward, your life will not be the same. You're going to find yourself forgiving the person that did you wrong. You're going to find yourself loving the person that did you wrong. You're going to find yourself talking once again to that person that backstabbed you. Because God changed your life. That spirit of apathy, that spirit of I don't care is gone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 I declare healing, I declare healing, 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 healing and restoration, healing and restoration, healing and res restoration in the name of Jesus, in the hearts, in the hearts. In the name of Jesus. There is more to worship than just singing songs. There is more to worship than just coming to church. If you want to experience, experience the power and the glory of God in your life, make sure you sacrifice. You bring God a sacrifice of praise. Make sure 
make sure you dedicate your time to the Lord and say Jesus I'm here for you dedicate your time to the Lord not just a, a quick little prayer no take time to dedicate time to the Lord sacrifice that that does not please the Lord and say God come and take your resting place come and take your resting place come and dwell inside of me and you will see how the Lord will manifest himself in your life and you will see how God will manifest himself in your life is there anybody in this room that wants to make a decision to accept Jesus for the very first time is there anybody here that wants to say Jesus I need you in my life is there anybody here that wants to accept the love of Jesus just raise your hand just raise up your hand if there's anybody here that wants to accept the Lord I don't see any hands but we are gonna say the prayer either way and I need for everybody to say with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are my God. Say thank you because you love me. I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Change me, renew me, and make me yours. In Jesus' name. We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.